0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema.
1: And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight, as usual, are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello, This week, we've got four main reviews to look at. We've got uh, a film called Roadkill, followed by Wrath of Souls. These two are both from Australia. Then we have um, Anson Mount in MKUltra, and then Stephen Lang in Old Man. Our short shot is the Vietnamese film Oath of Honour, and our DTV throwback is Tremors 2 Aftershock. So, without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Roadkill. A petty thief operating along the highways of rural Australia gets caught in the crossfires of an ongoing police investigation after he mugs a serial killer. Uh, This is a low-budget film. Probably, you know, it's weird it we we don't seem to come across many low budget australian films not not as low as this at least um it's an interesting film it's it's weird that it's trying to sort of um make this particular guy a sort of sympathetic hero uh it it's almost like they're just saying well he's just a typical australian really <laughs> um some of the some of the um, oh, the dialogue choices and some of the delivery. Um, I don't know about you guys. It reminded me a lot of Garth Marengi's Dark Place.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: especially the, um, the, the, the the you know the sheriff guy. There's a bit where he's where he's the lieutenant's sort of going. Go home, so, go home, li- lieutenant. You know, go see your family and all this sort of stuff. You know, you're all stressed out, and he, he's sort of like going when would this madness end? <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfectly stuff. Anyway, uh, more more from me in a minute. Um Steve, how did you get on with Roadkill?
2: It's okay. Not, I mean, you could tell it was very, very low budget. And um, like you said, some of the dialogue was great. But, uh, but it was an interesting concept, to be fair. It's not something... I've seen before kind of reminded me of the hitcher.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
2: The Rutgers one, you know, but mm-hmm. less insanity and like, like that. But it's like you said, some of the acting choices were a bit out there and it did lay it down a bit. But all in all, not too bad. I've you know, I've seen a lot better, I've seen a lot worse, but I think you just need a bit more of a rounded, better performances and a bit more, a bit more of a budget really to get the best out of the script. Really,
0: yeah. Um, Rich, how did he get on with Roadkill?
3: I thought it. I, I liked it. I thought it had a pretty intense opening, and uh, the, uh, the, you know, it, the film is shot really nicely. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Uh, as you guys have kind of pointed out, I think it's some of the performances are what really sort of drag it down and sort of highlight the sort of the limitations. That I think the budget limitations are most apparent in the casting, because mm. uh, the the, yeah. the performers don't seem to have the experience to sort of make the characters as you know convincing as they as they would need to be. Especially the villain. I've got to be honest. Uh, the, I really wasn't wasn't keen on the on the mm. the serial killer guy, um, yeah. but um it's say it it's it's very uh the locations and stu- stuff because it's all desolate landscape you know the Australian yeah. um desert highways and stuff really you know it, it, eye-catching uh we've seen it used you know we've seen similar sort of stories both in Australia and in America where you can do that sort of thing um you know whether it's Hitcher or or um what was that Stacey Keech movie with um uh mm. Jamie Lee Curtis. That was shot in Australia, road, wasn't it?
0: Road games.
3: Road games, yeah, stuff like that. Duel, another one. Mm-hmm. You know, all that sort of stuff. Tailgate. Um, tailgate, yeah. But, well, Tailgate's interesting because it does that sort of story, but mm. in like a
0: a very, <laughs> like a a very urban Oscar, yeah. sort of
3: yeah. setting and stuff yeah. is is um in uh in uh what was it? Um was that Belgium or, or Denmark, or, wasn't it? I think? Denmark, yeah, I think so. Um yeah, so it's a similar kind of sort of stuff at play, you know, stuff we've seen before. Um, the me, the lead character is the director and writer himself, uh, Alexander Wittrow. I got a little bit of a little bit of a um, uh, Josh Hartnett sort of vibe off him, mm. um, and I th- I quite, I I do quite like everyone in it. I think just uh, certain characters, like the young sort of detective in the suit and stuff, they yeah. so just yeah. a, l- a little bit rough around the edges, but I quite like the older guy. Mm. Um, It was really, say, after the sort of quite intense opening, they then do that scene where they go and talk to the priest, and the priest says, "Oh, the killer, you know, Mm. I've I've spoken to the killer, sort of thing." And it's a really amateur, you know, the performance of the priest and stuff is like, "Oh, that's, you know, it's not, it's not great." Um, (laughs) What I like,
0: yeah, what I like about that scene though, it it is straight out of The Simpsons. You you, you could you could swap that cop (laughs) out. You can swap that cop out for Chief Wiggum the way the way he the, the way he treats yeah. the priest. It's like oh oh really really you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, you say? Yeah, you know? yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> four horsemen, Liam. This is
0: just in, in, incredibly condescending, so you know. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But, uh, yeah um what was so what was it but i tell you the one thing i re- i mean some of the actions start really nicely as well yeah, so it's yeah. the camera work and stuff's good i will say i really really like the music it gets a bit repetitive but it's very propulsive um yeah, at times, I, yeah, yeah. I, I i did um it sort of kept kept things going uh, really nicely so I, I was i'm not sure who the score was by but um i was trying to take i was trying to look in the credits um when I saw it, but yeah, that was probably my favorite thing about the mm-hmm. the film. The way it looked and the way it sounded um, uh, was was were the two key assets. I definitely think it's worth a look.
0: Yeah. My I, yeah. I, I got two two favorite moments in this. Um, I, I did like the um, the double bluff at the end where, where they sort of make you think one thing's happening but it's actually something else. And it's it, it, a bit a bit like the ending of um Silence of the Lambs when they're raiding the house. You know, or oh, yeah, yeah. the way he's got the two things yeah. two two things edited together, yeah, so it yeah. looks like it's like this one thing. That was pretty well done. Um the other scene is something which I'd label as only in Australia. And that is when our main character, I can't remember his name, he he he, he stood by his car getting pissed and he's still got his gun in his hand, and this <laughs> this other guy drives up and goes, You you know, how you doing, mate? And all this, and this he goes, oh, what's what's the gun for, mate? Uh, hunting, <laughs> what ruse? Yeah, goes oh, shoot one for me then, <laughs> and just drives off. <laughs> you know, you would never ever that scene would never ever play out like that in any other country, especially America. You know, somebody yeah. would somebody would be dead. Uh, you know, at that particular moment. Um, but but that was just it. Just nailed the sort of laissez faire attitude of Australia. You know, so yeah, got a gun, eh? Oof. Good on you, mate.
3: <laughs>
0: it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, it, and
3: it's very Australian, because it's got a ute in it.
0: It has got a ute. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a ute. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, you know, it passed the time quite nicely. I, I. I. Really, you know, every now and again, like I said, you know, the um, the, the sort of main detective, the older detective, some of his line delivery, just on Garthborough in chief, for some reason. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew Berry, is it? Matt, Matt Berry, yeah. Matt Berry, yeah, yeah. you're running with him. But yeah, it was pretty well done, I think, overall. So how are you going to? No, I'm liking it. So I'd you say, say from- I
3: think you, you could see a similar sort of. I would equate it to some of the some of the low budget British stuff we've seen, maybe like um, Nathan Shepka's films and stuff like that. I would sort of put as a similar sort. I could see like a a British version of this, mm. quite quite easily. Obviously, in a, in a sort of different kind of setting, but it, I would. You know, it's um, it's not a million miles away. Although I think it's a like, because of the locations and and that, I think it looks a lot better than anything that would than a lot of stuff that would have been shot yeah. in the they, in the UK. Uh, they
0: they do a pretty. decent... So I think
3: that that yeah. sort of. Yeah, they do a
0: pretty decent stab pretty decent. at um a, a seven ending as well, don't they? Mm. Which I thought was pretty well done. Yeah, no, good stuff. How are you going to score it, Steve? I'll give it a six hmm yeah. And Rich?
3: I'm going to give it a seven.
0: I'm going to join uh, Steve on a six. Two sixes and a seven. This is pretty solid. Go check it out. Our next film is Wrath of Souls. A young man called Kieran becomes plagued by mysterious tragedies around him. While these events perplex the police and investigators, Kieran's behavior becomes increasingly erratic with each tragedy. He experiences visions of events he is unable to understand or explain. Um, This is one of those horror films which basically throws everything it can at the screen and hopes something can stick. Um, It is... Pretty erratic at times. It does eventually settle down into a story uh, quite late in. Um, but mostly we're following this guy's Kieran, who has taken a job um at the local crematorium. Uh seems to get on well with the staff and that. But uh, you know, we know we know that he's got anger issues, for example, and uh weird shit starts happening at the crematorium uh while he's there. Um, eventually it kind of makes sense but for a long period I think we're sort of like well is this all happening for shits and giggles or is, is there actually a purpose to it um, what did you make of it Steve
2: yeah you're right with that it was just a bit all not all over the place but it's like you've got five minutes in, in the present then you've got a flashback hmm. which You you don't know it's a flashback. To be fair, Mm. you know you're kind of working it out as you're going. You're like, is this happening now? Is this in the past? And it's just all over the place. And it's like you say, it's not scary
1: at all. I'll
0: give I'll give an example. I'll give give an example. You know, I'm saying this is throwing everything at you to see if something sticks. So something happens in in the, the the furnace room. You know, so I think somebody gets caught on fire or something in the furnace room, and they're all burning. Yeah. And then, like in another part of the building, far away, someone's like washing their hands or something, and all of a sudden, all this blood starts gurgling up from in the sink. Yeah. When nobody's there, you know, whoever's washing their hands has already left, but the camera decides yeah. to linger, and it's it's like, well, make up your mind. What well, what is it? You know. Are, yeah. Are, are, yeah. Are you, you know, are you burning people alive? Are you doing this? You know, what else are you doing? It, it, it just yeah, it's weird.
2: Yeah, also you've got like the um, you got a possession angle as well hmm. after that bit. Which... Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a bit. Yes. It's almost like they're going through a checklist, isn't it? It's like, oh, oh yeah. that didn't work. You know, it's almost like Beetlejuice. Almost, it's like, well, let's try and scare them with this first, and no, okay, fine. Let's move on to the bloody possession bit. You know, <laughs>
2: and he, he just. I mean, it seemed like every single performance was going for an Aussie cliché, you know. Mm. Um, It was just, the the effects weren't particularly good neither. Um, Performance, I mean, the bit where he is possessed and decides to run Mm. through the streets with just his arms on, I was just like... Because he just looked like he was freezing, and his feet were cold. <laughs> and, you know, and it, yeah, they could have been. But if you, a spirit's possessed you, I think that a bit lasting on on your mind,
1: mm.
2: and it just doesn't give that off in any yeah. way shape or form. And like you said, he throws everything at the but the kitchen sink, and it doesn't really make sense in the last five minutes. And and to be fair, the bad are actually quite. Fucking mm. nasty, really. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, what they're doing at one point, point. and then, and, and, but the ending as well, like the very last scene. Hmm. Again, that made no sense to me <laughs> because how? How was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I won't wait into any spoilers, but how?
0: Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Rich um Wrath of Souls how do you get
3: on I think I liked it more than you guys um it's quite interesting the original title of the film is II I, Wrathful Soul or I think as it came up on the screen, II uh, IIA Wrathful Soul
1: mm-hmm.
3: um uh II is uh, which is pronounced A I Y A I I was I had to do some research because I don't really clarify it in the movie as far as I remember is is yeah. um it's, an, it's from ancient Indian literature, meaning a uh, princess, uh, a woman from a homeless clan of gypsies who have remained destitute street mongers for generations, uh, blah, blah, blah. When a woman of these traits suffers an extremely torturous death, her restless soul re-emerges and returns as the most powerful spirit to destroy her wrongdoers. The, that, that's a nice that's sort of the, the the idea behind it but they don't sort of delve into that too much no. until sort of later in the no. movie but the um the the basically you start out with some immediate res which it then turns out to be the first act of the movie which is the haunted um uh place mm. part and then like you say it becomes a possession story um i i was pretty interested in it that the um the, lead, uh, the 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 film it's an australian film but the filmmakers are um indian uh well, indian australians mm. and and the lead character is indian which i thought gave a really interesting uh angle to it yeah. um and i would say i wasn't so sure on his performance in the first part but i thought he was really good in the possession section especially when he's um sort of uh contorting himself and you know uh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a what i, what I thought it yeah. was a really a really good alleyway sort of beat down kind of sequence
1: mm-hmm.
3: where he's like being quite feral and and stuff with um with uh some of the sort of ne'er-do-wells in the film mm-hmm. uh i really like that that was probably my favorite scene um the the rest of it yes it is very standard uh it's quite interesting to sort of have the um uh say the Australian setting and, and that again. Uh say completely coincidental that we got these two Australian films. But the uh it's um I thought that the say the the guy who was like the uh the guy who takes on Kieran and you know initially he's mm. been quite friendly but sort of also a bit you know a bit offish and, and then he like really reveals his sort of true colours as the sort sort of mm. story unfolds and that I thought he he was pretty good because there's him and, you know, a few of the other characters are, are really nasty. And I thought they were, they were very convincing, you know, in a way that, that maybe the characters in roadkill weren't. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's enough in here. I think if, you know, if you like, I mean, it's, I mean, wrath of souls, I think is a bit misrepresentative because I think the original title makes more sense. We're not talking yeah. about loads of, mm loads of horns you know sort of thing here this is very much a singular sort of thing that's happening um now
0: now did you realize when you're watching mm, this mm. that the flashbacks you were watching were actually
3: flashbacks well I did I did uh after I think I did pick up on it maybe not I can't remember whether I did sort of the first time or whatever but I started to be but I quite like it when they're not Signposted, it was quite well done. I thought it was just like oh, okay. you've got it's one of those ones where you've got to try and keep up
0: I guess, rather than yeah. having title yeah.
3: cards and stuff coming up, like um recently yeah. where it said every five seconds oh, it's eight oh. years ago or whatever it is and stuff.
0: That would annoy me. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's me complaining about the you know the fact that they went through this sort of checklist of, of like different things and and you know the, the the flashback sequence and that and just sitting here pondering it now. I'm thinking well well maybe that's the point you know maybe that is this um vengeful spirit sort of getting a getting into grips of what it needs to do mm-hmm. and becoming stronger you know you you using <clears> him <throat> as a conduit and actually becoming stronger and stronger to the point where you can't actually possess him and and take the take vengeance but um yeah and and as you say, yeah. the flashbacks you know you're not supposed to know until the you know what the order of what things happened in you know, when, when he meets the girl and, and, and things like that. So I, I'm, you know, while I'm watching it, it was frustrating. Sitting here now talking about it, I'm giving it a bit more slack, I think.
3: <laughs> the other no. element is how much of it, I mean, they, they sort of sell it as a sort of a psychological hmm. horror. And I suppose that some of it is open to interrupt, but I didn't really take any of it really as psychological. I took it at quite no. literal yeah it um, seems very much yeah. yeah yeah i don't think the psychological angle maybe works as well as the potential possibly was thinking it was but um yeah i think you know it's very standard stuff mm. you know we've we, you know conjuring and all that sort of thing we've seen a lot of this sort of stuff recently but it's just got that you know it's got that indian element and the australian element and and um you know some of the execution is a bit more maybe uh uh you know sort of, sort of not action but you know sort of more um leaning into other genres rather than just purely sort of sticking just to horror yeah. so i think some of the stunt work and stuff in the in the sort of limited mo- moments that those happen are a bit you know they sort of lean more into something like i I'm, this is a very extreme example this is not like this film at all but malignant the, yeah. there's a there's a little bit of that in there and stuff which i which i quite appreciated
0: yeah i um... Okay, uh, Steve, how are you gonna score it? I'll give it a five. All right. I'm going one higher with a six. So it's, it's it's slowly growing on me this one, just just thinking about it. And Rich.
3: No, I'm gonna go another seven on this one. I, I, I really quite liked it, so, so I, I like, liked all the um, payoff at the end and everything. I, I thought it was a good experience watching it.
0: Okay then So nice broad spectrum there, a five, a six and a seven for Wrath of Souls go check it out (music) our next review is mk ultra set during the 1960s ford strauss is a brilliant psychiatrist whose moral and scientific boundaries are pushed to the limit when he is recruited by the cia to conduct illicit experiments with lsd um I don't think I've seen a more pointless film this year. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I did not get on with this at all. It was dull, dull, dull. Um, it was, there was just nothing there. You know, he, he got Anton Mount sort of uh, pumping these guys with LSD or whatever, and just recording the results and seeing what happens. and. You know, at a certain point, getting a bit sort of antsy and fancy about it. All uh, meanwhile, sort of the CIA guys are taking all the research and scurrying away with it. It's, I don't know, it's just very, very dull. Um Steve, change my mind on yeah.
2: this? No, I'm not going to because <laughs> it it was, it was the tones was all over the place. I mean it. I don't know, it's like going for comedy one minute and then dark and disturbing the next minute. And pointless is is the word because it it just does these, you know, pumps people full of LSD. And that's it. There's no, and then you've got a little bit of thing at the end and that's it. It just Mm -hmm. seems tacked on. Now, Mm -hmm. the thing is, I've, I've heard quite a bit about this before. Yeah. Um, here, stuff yeah. And it, yeah, you
1: know
2: and it, it's an intriguing story you know what actually went on and I, I don't know they've just like missed the point the way I see it they've yeah. not I, it, it's frustrating because when what, what, what I read about it I thought oh actually yeah I'm, I'm, I'm up for this one and Anselm just wasted really it's I like him you know he's great in Star Trek and um, what was the one about the Cornish, where's the Hitman? Uh, I can't remember what it was called now, but he was great in that. Hmm. And this, it, I don't know. And Jason Patrick as well. They we pulled him out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> and
0: he don't- I didn't recognise him, honestly. They
1: he
0: don't do anything. Yeah. Really doesn't.
2: It's just, I don't know. I don't know what, what they were thinking.
0: It's 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 like um, oh, what was that series on Netflix? Not not Criminal Minds, the other Minds um, about setting up the um, behavior. Mind uh, Hunter, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that, but like it's it's older, duller, brother.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, Rich, did you enjoy this more than us?
3: I don't think so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's not. I was hoping for a sort of a really cool thriller, mm. um, and it's uh, it's very overly serious sort of art house stuff with with a bit of weird sexual stuff
0: it gives thrown art house in to a make you feel name.
3: awkward. Sorry,
0: it gives art house a bad name.
3: Yeah, but you know, it does that thing like big title cards and stuff, and mm. um, you know, introducing the cat. Well, you get the character introduction title cards, which I know is a personal uh, hate of of yours. It is. Um, and the I would say it, it does feel like a twisted kind of madman or you know sort of via Paul Schrader and Ken Russell mm-hmm. uh, there's lot I mean the the theme's quite interesting and uh, say you've got the uh, the sort of drug stuff so we get like lots of sort of quite lengthy clips from the period of like in you know like uh, yeah, whether that's news reports of, or, or sort yeah, of promotional films or,
0: and promo, promo films and stuff yeah
3: yeah stuff um, like that sort of peppered into it um really sort of breaking it up into kind of chapters really but yeah it does kind of it it goes a bit sort of i think of like paul schrader like especially sort of in that last part Hmm. it sort of goes a bit crazy um yeah it's uh, i didn't like the I mean, I know they were trying to... He was the director of what... Uh, trying to make some sort of point with, you know, the sexual scenes and stuff. I didn't really like... Lo- I didn't like that stuff. That so was a bit icky.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and sort of a bit, um, you know... I know they're trying to, I don't know. The, uh, mainly to do with, like, the CIA characters, like the Jason Patrick and stuff. Who, who's... I mean, Jason Patrick seems to be ageing quite well. I don't know. I, I haven't seen him for a while, but he, he looks basically the same as the last time I saw him in something, which was probably... Like ten years ago, I say. I'm sure he's busy. I think he's been doing TV and different movies and stuff. I, I think he's, I think he's done quite a few things. But um, you know, he was. It was sort of. A, a, wasn't he? He was in the Lost Boys, wasn't he? I think so. yes, he was. Yeah, he was, he, yeah, he yeah. was.
0: He was
3: yeah. he the was older brother. Yeah. yeah, he was the older brother. Yeah. So he's... I mean, he he's, he, he looks well. Um, and Anson Mount. Yeah, I do like yeah, the virtuoso was the film. that... Um, that was it. That was, um, uh, Steve was referring to, which I did like him in, and I did quite like overall. That was quite an interesting one with, um, Anthony Hopkins. The, yeah, it's just a film that sort of meanders, doesn't it? Uh, and then it kind of struggles to sort of pull a narrative together. It's kind of one of these films where it's just kind of a a guy doing experiments and stuff, Mm. and then. You know, this sort of it reminded me of you know, some I'll tell you what, like a clever a, a cleverer, better version of this idea was ultrasound. Yes. Which was um it's also of sort of messing with people's heads. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was one of the favorites. Yeah, it was also but it was another film about sort of a bit arthousey, but it was mm. all about messing with people's heads and what's real and what isn't and all that sort of mm. stuff. But it was really, you know, it was really But it gave us a decent protagonist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well yeah. the whole thing was was really well done. Whereas this one, yeah, yeah, you've got this kind of uh this you know Anson Mount's character who's this very sort of dull opposite of a um of a Don Draper, you know, like really kind of introverted character and you not know, not really and not really, you know, you don't really get much from him and all, all the interactions are very guarded and uh, mm. uh you know uh, every none of the characters really connect because they're all uh, either sort of mistrustful of each other or using each you know each other or, or whatever it is even the even when he's with his wife you know there's there's no closeness there if you mm. see what i'm saying uh he's he's very much focused on his work and so he's quite he's quite detached and i don't know um there's i'm i'm sort of grasping at straws for trying to find things that I think are you know worthy or interesting about it, but I mean apart from the fact that it was you know it's shot well and it's got a couple of decent actors in it, uh, that's about it. I'll that's be honest. Um, yeah. I'm surprised actually that because this is this is one that's actually coming out on DVD. It's been on Plex I think for a little while, but it's been picked up for DVD, uh, and I think that's an unusual choice cons- compared to uh, you know quite a few of the other films that we cover. Which, yep. um, de- which don't get um, physical releases. Pretty much, you know, the, the, the general rule these days is digital releases, and uh, it always surprises me sometimes with some of the films that actually make it onto, onto disc. I think the cover is quite interesting. You know, the title and the cover, the original film, the, fi- the film was originally called Midnight Climax,
0: mm.
3: which is, I believe is the name of the... That, um, the code
0: name for the, the operation, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've gone for the sort of more... Sort of catchy MK Ultra, which which I don't blame them for, um, and the say so the cover looks quite interesting. So I think people are going to take notice of it and probably pick it up, but it's not the it's not the cool thriller that I think the the artwork sells you. Um, it's yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm only I'm only gonna I don't know. I, I was gonna I was gonna say six, but I'm sort of wavering on that even. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna. If I can interject with a score at this point, yeah, um, I'm going to say probably oh, five. Even five sort of seems too generous. I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with a six. As I say, okay. I am a bit loath to do it, but I think um, yeah, I can't. It's not quite of a. It's not quite bland enough to be a five. I don't think. And I did. It was watchable, but uh, yeah. So would I'm going to go. You, would six. you
0: watch it again, though?
3: No, I think it needs to be a seven or eight to be to a, a, a film to watch again. I think if 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 um, I I I don't ever want to see this again. But I you know I'm cute. i I mean you know I don't mind the fact that I've seen it, but I, it was a it was a bit of a chore.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um Steve, how about yourself? Five. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really did not get on with this. Um so I'm giving this a four, which I'm pretty sure is the lowest score I've given any film this year so far. Um, if anyone out there is interested or intrigued by the, um, you know, the, the real story behind MK Ultra and, and CIA stuff, uh, I do recommend uh, last podcast on the left. They they did a I think yeah. a two or three part um, on it. Yeah. Um, that is really informative, um, as is all their podcasts. To be honest, uh, I do recommend their stuff. Um, I can say that because they don't do film reviews, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I feel so, they're not exactly a rival or anything. But um, it's, it's sort of, you know, people I do enjoy listening to. Um, so there you have it. That is a four, a five, and a six for MK Ultra. Go check it out if you dare. Our next review is Old Man. When a lost hiker stumbles upon an erratic old man living in the woods, he could never have imagined the nightmare that awaits. This is very much a two-hander, Rich. Do that again.
3: Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is very much a two-hander, Rich. Um, I I did at times wonder if this was like a stage play that had been Mm. adapted um it, it could lend itself to, to that for sure um this is very much a showcase for stephen lang um overall uh playing this sort of cantankerous old guy who doesn't want to be disturbed uh you know it takes great front when, when this guy sort of knocks on his cabin um it's an interesting setup it takes a while to sort of get into its groove and Probably you know it's only in the last third I think that the penny starts dropping as to what may be really going on. but in the meantime, we get a few sort of like little little stories and vignettes, you know, um, sort of peppering things along. I must admit, I did quite like it. Um, I didn't one of the things I didn't like was was the complete about turn of like Stephen Lang's character. Um, when, when things finally start falling into place and he becomes this, you know, he's almost like a cowardly lion kind of thing from Wizard of Oz, you know, it, it's such an about turn um, and it's sort of like you, you kind of feel robbed a bit that the other version of him has gone and you ended up with mm-hmm. this sort of weak, pathetic person um, but I'm interested to hear what you made of this
3: well, I wasn't sure what it was gonna be uh, when it came because, obviously, um, Stephen Lang's done these um, "Don't Breathe" movies, which I haven't seen yet, but are also that uh, you know, sort of an angry old man kind of kind of thing, which I, I do want to see those. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't sure bit if better. this
0: is a bit, well, not, not exactly better, completely different
3: to, yeah. to what this is. Yeah. Well, I say this, and this gets when this gets started, and the you know, the, as soon as like the credits are rolling and stuff, you get the feeling that there's a certain vibe to this, mm. and when the film kicks it you know when the film starts proper um you you you, de- you you know you're in kind of art house film territory again um the there's a you know it's a very slow sort of disorientating kind of it's it's all um him coming to and you know looking for his dog and and stuff and it's it's, it's very slow and it soon becomes apparent that you're you're basically not leaving the cabin uh, mm-hmm. And the film is, like you say, it is very play-like. It um, feels
0: very off-Broadway, you know what I mean? It's like, it feels like a two-man off-Broadway show.
3: Yeah, well, the, the films made out, like, for example, um, uh, Sleuth in 2007, mm-hmm. which yep. was, I think was a second version of that. Yeah, but exactly. with uh, Jude Law and Michael Caine, the Harold mm-hmm. Pinter play um, very much I'd came like, to mind.
0: I'd like to see that version. I've seen the original version with uh, Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yes. I think Jane
3: played the opposite character. Yeah, he played the opposite
0: so, character, and then Tidal yeah, yeah. plays the, the thief.
3: So that kind of came to mind. And also, we actually, I can't remember if it was called The Oak Room or something like that. Yes. But we,
0: yeah, yeah, the, the one set in the, um, the bar. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. So that came to mind as well, um, which I did enjoy. Uh, I think, you know, the. What's really interesting is this I, I, I am I'm pretty I'm pretty much sure that you don't see any like establishing shots or exteriors or anything. No,
0: no it's just all, the guy cutting up. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all in the cabin. Uh, uh, for the most part. Um, and the uh, the set design and everything obviously is great. Uh, it's directed by Lucky McKee. Yes. Who yeah. who's um, done absolutely tons of stuff. Like the, the woman of like course. May, for example, was the one I remember back in the well, the, the, the,
0: the woman is, is is the one yeah, I, I revere yeah. him for.
3: Um, oh, right. I haven't um, seen that one yet. And then the woman had a sequel, didn't it, that was directed by the, the lead actress? Yeah,
0: uh, P- P- yeah. Pollyanna, Pollyanna
3: McIntosh.
0: Um, McIntosh yeah. What was um, it called? Uh, Darling. We Darlin? um, also did one called Cheerleaders Must Die, All, cheerle- all Cheerleaders Must Die, which, which I quite enjoyed as well.
3: Now, and I hear red with Brian Cox is good as well. Mm. Um, anyway, he's done loads of stuff, he's been around since the uh, well, since the early 2000s, so like 20 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I was I was expecting because I, I was quite surprised uh, about the film, you know, considering uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, his previous work, it was it was not um, uh, this is
0: very different, yeah. This is very, yeah, different it's, it's, it's quite different
3: so um and he's definitely norm- there are ho- horror i mean he's known for horror and there are ho- horror elements in this but it is very much kind of a not one man show because it's um both of them but it's like two it is like you say two-handed kind of thing and it's very much Stephen lang's show mm. um i didn't get much out of it i've got to be honest uh, you know it was it was it was there i you know i watched it i was i was kind of i got once i realized that this was what it was I've you know after about 10 minutes or something you, you pretty much get this get the score of what you're in for um and it was fine there was some n- interesting sort of as as you know needs to be the case with this sort of thing you know it goes down some avenues and you know tw- tables are turned a little bit and you know mm. who, who who is there to trust and you know what what you know yeah, when, it, it boils down I mean, to what, you know, yeah,
0: what what the motives are for the characters, motives, in there. And, and yeah, and, you, know, you, you you you're kind of sort of searching for clues in the dialogue and mm-hmm. things and sort of trying to guess which you know are there any signposts here to sort of show me which way it's gonna head into, um, and I, I think it does sort of manage to sort of play its cards quite close to its chest. Yeah. Um, you know, but for for the most part, and then it sort of starts to, you know, it gets to the point where it, it can't hold back anymore, and it starts drip feeding you a bit more as as to what's actually going on. You know, which which I yeah, I
3: think I would have preferred it as like a twenty minute short film, though. I've got to be honest.
0: It could easily, yeah. It it feels like it's a short it's a short story that's been expanded. Yeah, you know. um, it would it would be great on the stage. It would it would be a very good, you know, sort of off Broadway sort of like you know short for short play kind of thing I think that would work. Um couple of things I did like um when when we get the character of Rascal. Um oh, yeah. and, and his sort of voice modulation I thought that was that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. So sort of make him sound sort of more sinister and powerful sort of thing. Um yeah but it it's pretty throwaway it's it's not really up to the standard of his previous works lucky McKee. um i think part of that is the fact that he didn't write it mm. as well um yeah you know, he only directed it it's, i think i think yeah direction's fine it looks great but it is very limited in scope um and once you know what's happened you know um it doesn't really sort of leave you anything you know repeat value is is pretty minimal i think
3: yeah i wonder if it was a film that was sort of made out of or around sort of like covid times you know Mm -hmm. when when a lot of filmmakers were sort of keeping very small sets and working with Mm -hmm. very small teams and crews and stuff and trying to sort of get around the the problems that were happening i don't know when this was produced by the way so it could have been after i don't know it might just but, um that just sort of made me wonder you know could that be why the the scope has been sort of so um uh, limited in, in this particular mm-hmm. story and stuff? i don't know but, but yeah from, i I, str- I would struggle to recommend this one i've got to be honest
0: i totally agree uh, on that note how are you going to score it
3: well i'm gonna uh, sc- if in this case i am going to sit on the fence with a five i think there's a there's a you know a solid look to the film solid performance from stephen lang I wasn't so struck on the other guy but in a way that was kind of the point because it was, it was all about Stephen Lang's character sort of dominating um, but in terms of the, the story and the narrative um, you know I just, it wasn't enough there for me I need a bit more variety so yeah I would say about a five for me
0: I, I think you're right yeah I think I'm going to agree with you uh, so that would be two fives for Old Man go check it out Our short shot this week is Oath of Honour. Two brothers working undercover find themselves at loggerheads after they're involved in a drug bust that goes wrong. Um, This is an interesting one. It's 31 minutes long. Um, We have these two brothers. We don't know the brothers to begin with. um, and, And they're sort of situated within two different gangs um who meet for this uh drug deal uh one of them calls their boss s- so secretly to you know get back up in but then we find out that they've been sent to the wrong location the one of the brothers gets shot the money gets stolen and everyone dies uh, and then we sort of jump forward to the next day sort of thing um I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't think this needs to be 31 minutes long.
3: Well, I think Uh, the film itself is about 25 minutes, and then there's like a making of thing after.
0: That's right. So even so, um, it still felt felt quite padded, Um, and and there were some very bizarre sort of moments, um, and and very sort of coincidental moments to do with their their grandfather. you know, all this just happened to happen on the uh, the anniversary of his death and all this sort of stuff going on, uh, which seems to sort of play a part in, in certain decisions. And then it just sort of like ends really enigmatically. It's like, eh, okay. Very strange. Uh, Steve, how did you get on with Oath of Honour?
1: Yeah, I thought it wasn't
2: too inspiring, to be fair. Um one thing that, that did annoy me was it was obviously like CGI squibs on mm-hmm. every single gunshot that was going on, you know, in the walls and in bits of barrels and stuff. And it was all, you mm-hmm. could, could tell it was all CGI squibs, which it's it, 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 a bit of a bugbear to be fair. And mm-hmm. it's just a bit flat, really. Even in the middle, you know, they turn up at the grandmas and you know they have got this shrine to the grandfather and stuff like that and then they have a bit of a kick off in, in a it, I don't know it's like a warehouse attached to the grandmas or something it, it's just a bit weird <laughs> and then uh. then they have a fag and that's about it mm. I, I don't know It just didn't it, it wasn't great it, it, it annoyed me quite a bit to be fair this one mm. um biography was all right um, but it's a bit, a bit like Gonkata really <sighs> at the beginning.
0: Yeah, Rich, you you curated this one. How did you get on with
3: it? I thought it was pretty decent. I'm um, the uh, you know it's I think it's always really exciting when we get like a a a, a, a short martial arts film that's or, or a short martial arts action sort of driven film that's. Um, uh, you know, of a of a sort of a medium length, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to sort of like a just a quick fight scene. You know, something okay. that sort of develops a bit more of a story. I mean, we had Dragon Cop um, a little while ago, which was very much Hong Kong flavored and, I and, like that and stuff. One. uh This is uh, this is from Vietnam, uh, with uh, um, a project for uh, Peter Pham, who it was a name I sort of see around a lot, but I haven't actually haven't, haven't actually seen uh, any of his work until now. Um a lot of it's uh uh turning up on the high channel yep. in the in the in the States and those are certain things like um there was I think it was another short film called Mayhem twenty four seven and a uh, new film Foggy Mountain which is uh being released over there, but no sign of those over here. I think there's clips and stuff, but you know, that's all you can get at the moment as far as I'm aware. Is um, that a
0: short Foggy Mountain or is
3: that No, Foggy Mountain's a feature. Um, but the, but say uh, I think maybe I think it
0: was I think it was released as something else over here. If it's one I'm thinking of.
3: Oh really? Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: I have to look into that. Um, the what I thought was quite interesting is is there's not a lot of dialogue in it. It's very you know that it's very action heavy, uh, which I liked. Uh, some big stunts and stuff in there. Uh, it remind. I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen before. The whole I mean the, the whole brothers in conflict thing uh, has been the sort of motivation for many films uh and and uh, i thought i thought it was i thought it's okay i didn't mind all the stuff with the ground i mean heavy-handed though it might be and um i didn't mind that um but it was more to do with um you know the sort of action quotient of the film that i was that i was particularly mm. impressed by uh mm. I say uh peter Pham's actually uh uh <clears throat> vietnamese-american he, he, he i think he, he mainly grew up in in the united states but sort of went back to um went back to Vietnam made a, a whole bunch of stuff over there and is you know sort of doing quite well as a as say both trying to do projects where he's in front of the camera but also choreographing and coordinating uh, his and, and other projects and stuff. So he's an interesting guy to watch, I think. Um and yeah I think if I compared it to something like um we watched um there was the Vietnamese short uh It was by the Action C Mm
1: -hmm. group, Mm -hmm. I think,
3: uh, special, special force or something like that. It was called. Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot more. That was uh, that was. um, That's some good comedy. That that had a lot of comedy. Some of it, you know, doesn't work. You know, doesn't translate particularly well. a Bit too broad, and stuff. But I thought the that was uh, that was a much more engaging, more interesting, more lively film. Unfortunately, a lot of action C stuff doesn't come with subtitles. um, Mm So uh, yeah. I don't I don't generally tend to watch those, um, but that one I think say so. I think there's some really interesting stuff coming out of Vietnam, um, but you know into, as as well as features like the Rebel and everything which um, you know sort of around the sort mid two thousands, but um, this is this is kind of an interesting footnote in 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 all, all that sort of stuff. No, it's not amazing, but I think it's definitely worth a look. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one one good one bad. For me um steve mm-hmm. you mentioned the um the blood squibs being a bit of a mm. uh a bug i hate
3: cgi blood squibs as well
0: yeah no. I, I sometimes i don't notice if, if they're done well i, I you know I, I can give them a pass what mm. what does annoy me and i have said this before is is the sound effects you know if every, every yeah, gun the, yeah. every gun in this film sounds exactly the same yeah, you, you know, what I mean yeah. that, that that annoys me more than anything else. That sort of takes me out. You know, there's, there's not enough oomph given to any of the sort of gun sounds. That's the bad. The good was during that fight in the end, and mm. some some of the sort of director, directorial choices they made, um, I, I really did like. Like. Um, there's a bit where both characters, you know, their, their face is looming right in the character and taking up the whole frame, as if you're the guy opposite him, you know, about to take a punch, and I thought yeah. that that worked really, really well. I thought, you know, you really had got this sort of in-your-face sort of moment um, mm. out of that, and they they do it for both characters, which I thought was really good. And um, it, it's, I, I don't know, it, it just comes to an end, It's like, well, yeah, you know. There's no, no real sort of, like, conclusion as such, you know, but but maybe that, you know, that's probably, if if they were to sort of try and tie up the loose ends, it's going to add another sort of 10, 15 minutes to the film. So mm. probably just... And a lot just, of these, uh,
3: a lot of these shots, I don't know if that was the case here, but quite a lot of sh- shorts are, uh, end up unresolved because they're they usually, like, trying to...
0: Concept. Pictures, is like, a right, web right.
3: series or, or, or something, or or a proof of concept and stuff. I don't know what the end game was with this particular one whether there was anything like that in my the film stores it's a very weird setup when it starts because it kind of starts with a trailer and oh. then the title comes yeah. up and then the film kicks in and i was i was trying to um think oh could you could you just cut that beginning part off and just yeah. but you no, you, you kind of you kind of need to because that's where the title comes in the title doesn't appear anywhere else. So you kind of have to watch the first bit to see to get the title to sort of kick in the film
0: um yeah I, I think of... Reminded me of an old, well, not an old, but a Jean Claude Van Damme film, one of his worst, called uh, Kill 'Em All. Oh,
3: okay, God, yeah.
0: Which um, used, for, for, for the, the opening sequence, it used clips from its own film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, really
3: like Mission best. Impossible and stuff. But, uh, do, yeah. Do but, like
0: but done really, really slowly. You
3: yeah. Know. Oh, God. Kill 'Em All is just like, oh, it's awful, but I'm fascinated by it at the same time. Mm. <laughs> so It's like, how. how how is it how is it like i don't know i'm going to i'm going <laughs> to that's a that's a, a topic for another day that film indeed
0: absolutely okay um i think we've got to the end of this so we don't score the shorts but we do recommend you check them out this is definitely worth checking out it's half an hour long um have a look at it we'll put the link in the footnotes below go check it out Our DTV throwback this week is Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Earl Bassett, now a washed up ex-celebrity, is hired by a Mexican oil company to eradicate a graboid epidemic that's killing more people each day. However, the humans aren't the only ones with a new battle plan. Um, I haven't seen this since probably when it came out on release. Donkeys and donkeys ago, Um, and I watched it this afternoon with my son Josh, who's fifteen. No, he's sixteen. What I'm on about, and and even my wife sat down and watched it as well. We all had an absolute blast with this. I've seen most of the sequels. I think I don't think I've seen the third one. I've seen some of the later ones, and you know they're they're all pretty rollicking, good fun. I thought they did really well to get Fred Ward back for this one, uh, for sure. Um, you yeah, know, Kevin Bacon not so much, <laughs> nowhere near it. But I think they did a very good job of this. I, I really liked it. I liked the fact that you know you get to a point you're watching them just blowing up the Graboids, and you're sort of thinking, well, is this it? You know, are we just going to be watching them blowing up Graboids for the rest of the film? You know, something has to give, something has to change. And, and boy, does it change. You know, they come up with this sort of new thing, and, and suddenly everything changes in the film. And I thought that, that worked really, really well. Uh, Steve, have you seen this one before?
2: No, uh, I've seen the original a few mm-hmm. times. Love the original. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I started off watching it, and I'm thinking, you know, you, you've got the montage of him killing the grabbers. i like, is this it? You know, it, it just seemed exactly the same as the first one condensed into half an hour. Mm-hmm. And then they do, they change it up and it starts to become fun again and gets a hell of a lot better than the second half. And I'll be honest, the disappointing thing with it is there isn't actually that much death. Yeah. You know, it sounds daft, but I think there's what, the the guy in the opening credits hmm. and then the guy who gets dragged off near the window, and that's
1: I think that's it, yeah. to be fair. Yeah.
0: The, um, the, 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 the later sequels make up for it. <laughs>
2: yeah, possibly. but Yeah. It yeah. just needed a bit, bit more, not go, but more um, danger.
0: Yeah, you know, more, yeah. more peril. Yeah,
1: yeah. It,
2: it, it, there's no suspense there, you know, you know. You know they're all going to survive, really, especially um, Earl because he's one in he's in not every sequel.
3: <laughs> but
0: well, he yeah, isn't. I mean, they—they—I they, think I'm not sure if he's in the next one, but it's—it's yeah, it's the. About,
3: I, I think you mean Bert Gamma.
0: Yeah, Bert. Yeah, yeah. Bert's, the, Bert's yeah. the one who um, he sort of carries the series from then on. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, it's, it, it's it's cheap fun. You know, it is what it is. There's no and graces with it. He's just flat out monster movie. Yeah, you know?
0: this is this is like a perfect example of what Universal does well. I think in in um, t- turning a you know fairly successful film into a very successful um, sort of DTV series. Yeah. You know, so so you know this we've had um, you know the Sniper series, which I'll, I'll keep singing the praises of. Uh, you know things like Death Race, um, Scorpion King. You know they, they've, all, they've all sort of been pretty decently produced um, sequels to to uh, you know something which did okay at the box yeah. office, but but has actually done you know been being pretty solid on on, on DTV, um, and this was a good start, I think. Uh, Rich, I'm, I'm sure you must have seen this back in the day.
3: Yeah, um, this was kind of one of the ones that kind of hooked me in, I guess. Really, um, not to not to the series, which I, I don't dislike, but I, I'm actually not up on up on all the sequels. I've I I've, I've probably only seen a couple of them, to be honest. But I did I did quite like the original. Um, but this came along, and um, it was like 95, 96, mm-hmm. and it was where, like you say, the DTV sequels thing was kind of kicking in. Uh, Darkman had been a bit before this, I think, oh, yeah. and the quality what what we had here was a good quality one and I think the you know some DTV sequels you know that have come after have been quite ropey but this one had enough although the budget limitations are obvious um and maybe not something I thought about at the time but the the, the film itself has enough going on and you know it's well written enough well made enough that it, that it sort of stands out and it and i do think it stands the test of time I, we found it on netflix now mm. um it looks very grainy on netflix um i don't know if that's just with the age of the film or something or they I, you know i,
0: I, thought, see, it looked, it I thought it looked i thought it looked really really good actually i was watching it thinking this is the best stuff you know the, probably the best that's ever been in
3: oh okay well maybe you've, maybe it's different um could be different tv could be different uh, netflix agreement or something i don't know but i was watching it on quite a big tv mm. and it was um it was it was very grainy um when i was watching it um more, the grainiest thing i've watched lately anyway the uh there's cgi in it you know sort of the sort of the this was the time when sort of transitioning into cgi and there's actually a reasonable amount of cgi in it and yes it oh you know, it hasn't aged well, but I've seen worse. Uh, in, in Comparatively, I think it's aged quite well. Obviously, the practical effects yeah. are the, the ones that work, look best, but they're quite inanimate. The practical stuff for the most part, you know, it's more of a you know, it pops up and maybe something wiggles.
0: If you think of Space Wars that we reviewed a few weeks back, mm. you know, it, that has, you know, hardly any budget at all, but, you know, it has some pretty decent in, in comparison, um, sort of CGI creature effects. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. if if can you imagine sort of like if 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 Phil Tippett's animation studio had had access to to today's technology for the yeah. same money, you know, how yeah. how, how much better they, they, they would have looked at the time.
3: Well, I'd be interested because I haven't seen the more recent stuff. I mean, say this: there's been seven Tremors films, as well as a TV mm-hmm. series. But the like, for example, the last film was in 2020. I'd be really interested to see what the, the effects and stuff look like mm. in, you know, like what 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 is basically um, 25 years after this uh, in in comparison. But yeah, here we've got um, the the main asset of the film is Fred Ward. Uh, he, he he's kind of the anchor for for it, and and it's a shame that he didn't come back for any of the others, but it's kind of good that in a way it's, it's also kind of perfect, that he just did this one.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, he gets to sort of step into the limelight, you know, because the first one was much more of an ensemble. Yeah. Uh, and this kind yeah. of, this is an ensemble, but he's very much a, a sort of leading it. Uh, and the, you know, he's he's, he's perfect as the character. Mm. I can see sort of, a, I could see like a new version with maybe like Frank Grillo playing the character or something. Mm. He's just kind of got that thing about him. Um, the, uh, the rest of the cast are, are, are pretty good. Obviously, um, Michael Gross from Family Ties as Burt Gummer. They do some... There's, the, the film is directed by uh, the writer, who was also one of the writers of the original film, which is, I think he was making his debut, but he did a good, solid, yeah. you know, yep. directorial debut here. Uh, re- also responsible for writing other classics like Short Circuit and Batteries Not Included. Um, but it's very much sort of been... Uh, really sort of um i don't know i don't know if he retired or, or what but you know he has he hasn't done he, he he sort of kept a fairly low profile apart from like things like wild wild west but um since since this but i thought he did a good job directing the film there's some nice big exp- uh, explosions and mm-hmm. and stuff every uh, you know at certain intervals but it is they've shot it, it it's it, they move it to mexico like you said and but you can see from that opening scene how little money they've got to work with it's basically mm-hmm. a big act, uh, sort of it reminds me of Legendary, the um, uh, Scott Atkins Scott Adkins movie, yeah. where they're sort of in an isolated and they've got like this refinery or whatever, but there's there's barely anything there. It's like a it's like a, mm-hmm. s- a small built like some t- a couple of tubes sort of going across and and that's pretty much it. But the, in this so the opening big opening sequence here is a guy running across some uh, oil drums mm-hmm. and and there's there's not really much more than that and then the couple of, some say the locations are quite sparse and that but it's the it's the characterization
1: yeah
3: and the you know the cat the uh yeah the sort of the the scripts and stuff that really sort of keeps you engaged and some of those sort of ideas and the visual effects of presentate presentation of those that sort of really keep you keep you engaged and gripped and uh, i think make this say one of the one of the best sort of not just one of the best DTV sequels, but one of the best better sequels of that sort of of the 90s, I would mm-hmm. say.
0: It, it does a good job of sort of channeling jaws as well. You know, and, and there is a sort of thing, of, you know, at least for that first half of the film of mm-hmm. like keeping, mm-hmm. keep, keeping the grab boys off screen, but letting you know they're, there. I mean, one of the bits my son really enjoyed was when they get, you know, when one of them picks up the chain that's tied to the back of the truck and starts dragging it across the countryside you yeah, know yeah. that that was really really cool and that again you know it had a sort of big sort of jaws influence um, Well, there's also the thing
3: with the radio yeah you the know? S- oh
0: yeah yeah that was from the yeah. uh, jurassic what? park three wasn't it
3: yeah that's what i was going to say i'm sure i've seen that in something else yeah. <laughs> and was it jurassic park three Jurassic we,
0: Park yeah. Three when they swallowed swall- the it. satellite phone <laughs> yeah um what was i going to say oh it, it, it gets away with a lot just through sound effects as mm-hmm. well you know yeah. like you say about the thing but you know the bit where they sort of camped out at night you can hear one of them sort of calling and that sort of stuff I thought yeah it, it works really really well you know with as you say with a limited budget it, it knows how to work around it you know which, which I thought did, did pretty good until until the tur- turkey graboids turn up <laughs> okay uh, any any more thoughts on this one
3: no, I was just saying it was really good to watch it again. I haven't seen it for a long time. I do really want to check out some of the rest of the series, but yeah. I thought it really I've did s- I do feel this. T- this is a, this is one of those sequels that really does stand the test mm-hmm. of time.
0: Yeah, I've seen I've seen the last two, the uh, Shrieker Island and the Cold Day Cold Day in Hell. And I did enjoy them both, mm-hmm. so I, I can't remember. How, you know, I mean. But- Obviously, they're DTV sequels, but, um, you know, I wasn't put out by any shoddy effects or anything like that. So.
3: Wasn't it John Heder was in Shrieker Island? He was the, he was like the new comedy sidekick character. I
0: think so. Um,
3: yeah, and prior to that, it was Jamie Kennedy. They, yeah. It's like in this one, they haven't got Kevin Bacon, so they sort of introduce this taxi driver guy who turns up at the beginning and then goes, yeah. oh, I'm going to be your sidekick. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. weird. But um, he, he's, he ends up being not too bad in, in sort of... Uh, yeah. in the film in, in you know they, they sort of graft him in because they couldn't get kevin bacon and stuff. i think the film's got quite in i watched a i don't know if it was because of tight com, combining you know when it came on netflix and stuff people thinking about it more but i think there was like a joe blow video or something that i saw oh. that was, um recently that was sort of going into the background of you know mm-hmm. the that they were they were aiming for a bigger bigger you know like a lot of these DTV sequels you know they were sort of like aiming for a proper sequel and it, did, you know a big theatrical version and you know it, it, it didn't quite pan out and they have to cut the budget and all that stuff so and I think mm. this is kind of testament to although a lot of compromises were clearly made you know you haven't got a big studio or anything so, you know you've got a sort of first time or whatever but you've got somebody who really cares about the story
1: yeah.
3: and that and and you know characters are really committed to the performances and, and you know and say good visual effects people like the Tippett team you know, and you can make a you can make a good good solid, you know, mm. you know, movie that stands the test of time and it doesn't have to be a huge blockbuster. Yeah.
0: Now SS yeah. Wilson, um, he, he directed uh, Tremors three and four, uh, Back to Perdition, sorry, back to Perfection and the Legend Begins. And then the series is taken over by Don Michael Paul, who who does the yeah, last he did,
3: three. I, I do have to correct he didn't do the third one, that was Brent Maddock, but he did do the fourth one. Oh sorry.
0: One. Yes, um you're right yes yeah he, 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 he co-wrote it
3: but but yeah third was went the third one was where um Michael gross sort of takes the, the lead yeah. and he's like he's been living off that series <laughs> <ever> <laughs> since so yeah. which is good for him you know um but uh, yeah so it's one of those ones I I'm, I bet there'll be a tremors you know the series will keep going I'm sure the next step is like a a a big remake or something but um be interesting to see what happens hopefully they won't go the big cgi graboids kind of route i think Mm. you know that yeah uh, some some practical work
0: yeah needs needs to be in there for sure yeah definitely i think you can tell we enjoyed this one uh, because we've been talking about it for a while um this is currently on netflix but um it is due to disappear at the end of june um, was it? Yeah, little, little little caption came up as I was watching it today. So um, you know, if if you are interested, grab it while you can. Um, so yeah, that is yeah. the end of this week's show. Um, thanks to you guys for watching these very bizarre films this week.
3: Oh, it was a mixed bag. I mean, I I say I, yeah. I I really found the Australian stuff the most interesting out of what we have presented. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah well, definitely. We've- um yeah short was pretty good um and as i said the links will be there Uh, we'll we'll put links to the trailers for all the films that we've been discussing this evening in the footnotes as well uh don't forget to check us out on facebook and twitter at the dtv digest also the short shots where rich will put a link to a new short every evening around about eight o'clock thank you for listening tune in next time